Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 81, and this week we are going to talk about keys to pressure defense and philosophy behind pressure defense, why you would want to pressure, things that you should be doing, things that you should not be doing, things to consider, just a little bit of smorgasbord type of uh, discussion on pressure defense and why you may want to consider it. Now, one of the things that uh, people think about when they think of pressure defense is, well, pressure defense means we're up and we're pressing and we're gambling and we're trying to create chaos and all this other stuff, which to a degree can be true. But the biggest thing that you do with pressure defense or that you can use with pressure defense above everything else is controlling the tempo of the game. You can, if you have the right system in place, you can force teams to play slower or faster depending on how it fits your team. You want to have the pressure defense in your hip pocket. You want to have that ability to have pressure defense in your hip pocket because at some point you're going to be behind in a ball game and you're going to need to make a comeback, whether that's with 30 seconds left and you're down four or there's 10 minutes left and you're down 12 and you feel like this is the best option that you have at this time. Now, I'm a big proponent of pressure defense. I would love to have every one of my teams be able to press up and down the floor for 94 feet for 32 minutes of our games. But you also have to be able to fit your personnel to what they're good at. However, even with our teams that were less equipped to press, we still worked on pressing and we still pressed occasionally during games for a variety of reasons. Number one, when you need that pressure, you don't want to be in a situation where we've never run this before, even in this game, perhaps. We've never been here. We've never ran this before. Now we have to pull it out, and now it turns into panic time. Oh, coach is calling for the press. Man, we must be in really big trouble, and that's where the mental uh, game of it uh, plays into it. You want to have your kids used to this, even if it's something as simple as we're going to press off of a made free throw pretty consistently with these one or two options. Those are things that you can do to keep your team engaged in pressure defense. It doesn't have to be off of everything that you do. It doesn't have to be off every miss or every make or everything in between. But if you have certain situations or you come out of the the end of the first quarter, you come out between the first and second quarter break, you say, okay, for the next two minutes, we're going to be in our 33 press or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, I think it's really important to use that throughout the game in sporadic points, even if you're not a pressure team, and it forces the other team to think about it a little bit, and it forces them to think about and prepare for it when they're getting ready for your team. They've got to think about that pressure defense. You can press with most teams, and I'm not going to say every team can press. I totally understand that. However, I think there is something out there, even if it's something like a soft one, two, two, three quarter court press to make the other team burn some clock, but you're extending your defense and you're forcing the other team to think about what you're doing for a couple of possessions. So as we prepare for our seasons coming up here, think about what type of pressure system or situations that you want to put your team into, even if you really don't think your team is a pressure team. Now, 
a lot of t- people believe, and we referred back to this a couple minutes ago, that you have to press and it's got to be selling out. You don't need to press to force turnovers. If you're in a state where there's a shot clock, you can pressure to kill the shot clock. And instead of having 30, 30 seconds to get their offense in line and get a good shot up, now they're only at 20, 22. Those 7 to 10 seconds, those 8 to 10 seconds, that can be a huge difference between you uh, getting a stop and the other team getting a score. You should be looking on, on most of your presses with when you do emphasize aggressive pressure that you want to get steals off the ball. You're not really looking to steal the ball on the ball. You're looking to get steals off the ball. And of course, you know, basketball in large part is a game of whichever team gets the most consistent, easiest looks at the basket, whether that's free throws or layups, whichever teams get those most consistent looks, those are the teams that are going to win the vast majority of the time. Another way you can think of your pressure is forcing the other team to use a timeout. To, to, to me, as a coach, that is golden. I, uh, a few weeks ago, we had a Foundation Friday talking about timeouts and philosophy about timeouts. If I've got to use a timeout to keep a possession, that drives me nuts, especially if it's in the first three quarters. So if you could force the other team or the other coach to panic to the point where they call timeout because you've thrown a random press at them, that is one less possession that you have taken away from them, especially if you really feel like this is going to be a four-quarter game. If you are a pressure coach, if you are a pressure coach, if you're saying, hey, coach, I'm listening to this, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I think there's also some things that you need to look at. And, and, and again, I'm a big proponent of pressure defense. But I do think in my experience that you have to do a few things. And if you want to be a pressure coach or if you're debating on whether or not to be a pressure coach, here's some things that I think that are important about being a pressure coach that it helps your team. Number one, if you are a pressure coach, you can't be just full-out pressure at all times. You've got to change up your tempos, and you've got to change up your looks. I know one of the best teams I was ever involved with, everything that we did was 94 by 50, and for most of the season, it was effective, and we rolled. Uh, but when it got to the point where we just needed to get back and get stops, we didn't know how to do it, or we had no change-up pressure. That would have been pressure, maybe a three-quarter court pressure or two-thirds of a court pressure. We just didn't have that in our repertoire, and that it was a great problem to have because our full-court stuff was working so well that we never uh, felt the need to develop anything else. But we finally ran into that one opponent who could crack our full-court pressure, and still today, 20-some years later, the hardest loss I've ever suffered in my career. So you need to have a diversification of looks and of formations and of tempos. And obviously, there's going to be one or two of these that you're going to be a lot better at than the other one or two. But at least it's something in your hip pocket. It's something that you have. Pressure helps develop your depth. You know, how many times do you see? And again, not every team is created equal, especially at the high school level. But if you have eight eight or nine kids that you feel like can play a little bit, think about pressuring some just to as a way to keep kids involved in the game. It will also help, pressure also helps uh, hide your defensive deficiencies in the half court. If you're putting great pressure on another team and you're forcing them to think about what they're going to do the first 80, uh, 75 feet to get into the scoring zone, 
then you've also hid some of your defensive deficiencies instead of them being able to dribble the ball down uncontested and be able to survey the floor. And now your opponent's coach is saying, hey, let's run 32x because we know that they can't guard the post and here's our best post play. No, that that takes them out of their rhythm and it helps hide what you're not good at in the half court. More than anything else, when you have a great pressuring team, it helps with your kids' confidence. They feel athletic. They want to be athletic. Basketball is a game of athleticism at its core. It's a game of skill and athleticism, and it gives your players confidence, and you can teach your kids to be like a shark in water, and and, and you can smell that blood in the water, and we're going to attack, and, and you can talk to your kids about you know, this is where we got them. This is where we have them. I know Kelly Cooksley was on here a few months ago. Well, it'd be about a year ago where, you know, he's talking about how his kids are just, you know, when we're breathing that hard, when we're that tired, we know the other guys are really, really tired and we've got them exactly where we want them. So it can give your players confidence if you teach it and you teach it right. But the thing that you have to do with pressure defense coaches, if you commit to pressure defense, you have to do it consistently. You can't be halfway into it and expect it be good at it. It's just like anything else. With any of your teams, you have the ability to be really good at three to five things. And you need to think about what those three to five things are that your team is going to be really, really good at. Now, the biggest thing you take away in pressure defense, the middle of the floor. Uh, Basically, draw two lines and and, and you divide the the court in thirds. It's okay if it stays on one side. If the ball stays on the other side, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Where pressing teams get beat is when the ball gets to the middle of the floor. So you got to do all that you can to keep the ball out of the middle of the floor. When pressuring, here's six constants that you need to have, okay? Constant pressure. You've got to have constant pressure. If you're going to be an aggressive pressing team, you got to have constant pressure at all time. You got to have no fear of fatigue. Your kids have to be able to know and have that feeling that, hey, I can bust my butt and I can go as hard as I can for these next three minutes. And somebody's going to come in for me for two minutes and I'm going to be right back in that game and have that no fear of fatigue. Another thing that it does is it causes confusion and stress on the other team. Pressure is just that. Pressure is created in our own minds. And when you attack other teams, it it does. It, you've heard the phrase, it gets in their heads. Well, pressure can get in your, into your opponent's heads. And that's what you want. Again, it helps you exploit your conditioning and your ability to condition your players, your athleticism. And if you have that club that has 8, 9, 10 kids and you feel like all 8, 9, 10 kids have some type of role, it allows you to get them out there. Now, on most high school teams, players 6 through 10 or 7 through 10 or 8 through 10 are not going to be good as good as 1 through 5, 1 through 6, 1 through 7. And maybe, yeah, in some cases, it, you, you know, would we be slightly better if our number one was out there two or three more minutes every night? Well, maybe a little bit. But you know what? That over the stretch of a season, that keeps players 8, 9, and 10 involved in your team. It gets them excited to come to practice every game because those 4 to 8 minutes that you're giving that kid, consistent minutes, consistent rotation minutes, throughout the season is going to help keep them happy throughout 
the season, and they're going to be better uh, practice players. They're going to push your starters harder than than what they would if they weren't getting any minutes at all because you were playing so conservatively, and it's going to keep your number one fresh. It's a heck of a lot easier to shorten the bench than it is to expand your bench. So keep expanding that bench as much as you can. You always have the option to short it, shorten it, but you need to work on trying to expand that bench. It helps you with rebounding because teams are forced to take bad shots and quick shots. They're going to take quick shots and bad shots, especially if they're not used to being pressured. And that poor shot selection is going to help your team do well when you're uh, in your pressure situations. Last thing, the four things you don't want to give up in any pressure situation when you're guarding, whether it's a soft pressure or an aggressive pressure and attacking pressure. You don't want to give up these four things. Layups, straight line drives, you don't want to foul, and you don't want to give up second shots. Those are the things. When you start seeing those things happen consistently, it's either time to change your pressure or get out of your pressure altogether. And one of the hard lessons that I've had to learn is it's okay to press for four minutes, five minutes, and then get out of it and maybe go half court for two minutes. Maybe we're just going to pick up half court man-to-man for two or, two or three minutes, or maybe we're going to go with our zone, and then you come back to it, a different look or the same pressure three, four, five minutes uh, for three or four or five minutes at a time. You know, Change that tempo. Change what the other team is doing. If you want to study a coach that does a really, really good job with this, a coach that I've coached against for many, many years, a guy by the name of Jerome Skirdla from Gretna High School. He's been a guest on a pen and a napkin a couple of times. Coach Skirdla does a great job of changing up his pressure and uh, knowing when and when not to attack, when to bring it into the half court, when to run a half court trap, when to go just straight man to man, a lot of different looks, and he teaches it very, very well. So reach out to Coach Skirdla out at Gretna High School in Gretna, Nebraska. Uh, I'm sure he'd be willing to share stuff with you. Sorry for the unadulterated plug here, uh, Jerome. If you, if you start getting emails and calls, my apologies, but that's the guy I would go to. I really respect what he's done with this program. So. Foundation Friday number 81, talking about pressure defense and the different things that you could, you could and should be thinking about with your teams and what you can and should be doing with them. And again, you have to examine your roster. You have to fit your team to the best of your ability. But I hope I gave you some things to think about when it comes to pressure defense because ultimately this game was intended for kids to be athletic and to play with skill. And pressure defense is going to be the best way you can put a lot of kids in that situation on your roster. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.